morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. It's a wonderful day. It's a, a start of a beautiful weekend. Yep. We are here on the banks of the gorgeous Tennessee River uh, here at the Saturday morning sales meeting studios. So you just take liberties with the uh, words you use to describe the river. It's I take no liberties beautiful. With, with all words that I use. <laughs> I come up with them on my own. Sometimes I make up new words. Okay. Did you remember that office scene where uh, Cree Bratton is the manager? Yeah. And he says, uh, Aaron, the receptionist, come in here. He's like, Find out what language that is. <laughs> you can see yourself doing that. I have done it on several occasions. Okay. Right? I might have, there might be a podcast where we've done that. Okay. Where we've done it in a totally different language. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's welcome everyone to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Welcome, everyone. We're getting close to our 100th anniversary we episode. Are. We are right on the precipice. So uh, we're going to probably have to release that one in a timely fashion. Yeah. And not put it in our backlog of 30 pre-recorded podcasts right. that we have our 100th could end up not... Yeah. Hitting our hundred, we relate released. We released one yesterday that was recorded about three months ago. I don't think it was quite that long, but yes, <laughs> it, it sat in the archives yeah. for some time. We finally dusted it off, and we need to fire the editor, whoever that guy is. Yeah, he's got to go. Whoever puts those up, he's slacking. Yeah, and you discussed in that episode the potential of. Me doing harm to you, yeah. Which never, the one? it never happened. Well, I, I, there's a lot of emotional baggage I'm carrying around. From, <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that from, up. From that's, doing this podcast, that's uh, in say, line uh, with our topic for today. But uh, uh, <laughs> what's our topic for today? Your emotional baggage. <laughs> that's our topic. I'll leave it at the uh, gate. All right, so. Uh, we we had a topic for today, but we were talking about a couple of things beforehand. We were. Oh, I remember what it was. Tell the story about what this guy did, this experiment, about to see if people would buy more. Well, it's in the uh, the science of selling, yeah. which I brought up in a couple episodes ago, in a section on how emotions play the part or play a part mm-hmm. in the sales process. And okay. he said he proposed a question. Could Pepsi and Peanuts increase the likelihood of a sale? Now, see, where is this guy from? Uh, I think Wisconsin. Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because anybody, anybody in the South knows you put Pepsi in, what is it, an RC? Right. Or a Dr. Pepper? So Everybody knows that. You put Pepsi in an RC? I mean, uh, Peanuts. You put uh, peanuts. You don't put peanuts in Pepsi. He didn't suggest you put the peanuts in the Pepsi. Oh, really? He said you give the participants or the the potential clients peanuts and Pepsi, and oh, no. could that increase the likelihood of a sale? No, you put peanuts in a. Uh... You put peanuts in your mouth, John. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. I put them in my soda. <laughs> And it's a, uh, I think it's an RC Cola. Oh, okay. There is a an RC Cola brand. Yeah. Should we Google it during the break? Uh, the, it, 
Are you supposed to put peanuts in your RC cola? Is that your question? See, here here it is. It's on uh, racheleatstuff.com. Right. It's talking about putting peanuts which, in a Coca-Cola. Which, yeah, Rachel Eats Stuff <laughs> is the, the go-to the, expert. The foremost expert. Absolutely. On what do you put peanuts in. And the mouth is not the number one answer. It is Coca-Cola. What's number two? RC? Dr. Pepper. Oh. Yeah. But I always thought it was an RC cola. Anyway. Anyway. So I I just assumed when you said that he did this experiment where he gave peanuts and Pepsi that he put the peanuts in the Pepsi and said, here you go. As a frequent flyer that you are, John, you've received peanuts in many a plane, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? And what do you do with those peanuts when you get them? Oh, I save them until I get to a Coke. <laughs> I put them in there. Not an RC? But, well, no, I don't really like RC Cola. I like Diet Right. Have you ever had Diet Right? I have. It's I like have. the cheapest of the cheap diet soda, but something about the way they sweeten it, man. It's Do you got remember that tab? sucralose or something in it? Right, something that causes cancer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. but it's spot on, man. It's delicious. Right. Most delicious way to die. Have you, uh, you remember Tab? No. You don't remember Tab Soda? Yeah, Tab Soda. They always had the uh, girls in the bathing suits in the ads in the 70s and 80s. I don't remember that. Yeah, because it was, it was, their marketing scheme was, this will keep you skinny so you look good in a bathing suit. Oh, okay. Well, it was but, diet. But then I think... Uh, One of the early got, diet sodas. And they got like uh, Steve, oh, who was it? Like Joe Montana to do a Tab commercial or something. I don't know. Saying it's not just for the women, boys. You can drink a tab, too. God, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I remember well, us having a tab soda in our house, but I, I don't remember Joe Montana or girls in bathing suits. Yeah. Maybe you're a little older than me. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe it's because I'm not as old that I can remember these things. Okay. Corn pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, that, that was his, his proposed question, and uh, the answer was, should I give it now? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I bet it was something like 40%. No, it wasn't. No, no was it, it wasn't that much. It was only 40%. Okay. The, yes, the, 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 of the two groups that were prospective clients, uh-huh. The ones that were given the snacks yeah. that put them in a better mental state were uh, purchased 40% more than the other group that did not receive the snacks. Well, it's funny. I've heard things like having a meal together builds rapport, yeah. you know, whether it's families or extended family right. or clients you know, or in the sales realm, yeah. that if you have a meal together, there's something subconscious about... You, you naturally just believe that I don't eat with people I don't like, so I must like this person. Right. Well, and uh, I mean, food is certainly uh, gratifying and, and puts you in a more positive mental state, especially if it's something good. Yeah, especially uh, if you're, uh, you know, you're one of those Snickers divas, you know? I'm not you know, sure like what those that is. Commercials where they're, you know, the people get all grumpy and then their friend will say, Have a Snickers. Like, yeah, sounds like you're hungry. Yeah. Hangry, as they call it, right? All right. So they give them a Snickers. Well, same principle. So the research that uh, David Hoffeld, he speaks of in The Science of Selling, 
is overwhelming that mental state, emotion, has a huge role in the effectiveness of the sales process. Yeah, which I think people common are, sense, yeah. are much more likely to purchase if they're in a positive mental state. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, he even gave an anecdote of uh, somebody who did a sales presentation and he thought the presentation was going well. They asked good questions. He was given you know, all the right answers. And uh, they, he was sure they were going to buy. And at the end of the presentation, they said, well, we're going to think about it. And they ended up buying. And when they went back and asked, you know, what was, and they said, well, you know, we, we couldn't, really, uh, couldn't really, we didn't feel good about it. Yeah, they, so yeah, they did was, not buy. There was just the something that that we were all just a little apprehensive. Didn't just feel like it was a good decision. Yeah. Well, come to find out, they had just come out of a previous meeting that was a very negative meeting. <laughs> they just gotten beat up by the CEO. And his conclusion was that you know this was further evidence, but you know I mean that was anecdotal, and you know then he gives you know. Uh, four or five different case study researched aspects of emotional state and its influence on sales. And, uh, but yeah, you don't want to sell to somebody in a bad mood, John. You want to try to get them into a good mood. An agreeable state of mind. Yeah. Well, that's why so many deals we used to close over scotch, right? Amen, right? <laughs> right? He took that factor out of the equation and sales went down. You remember uh, Reggie telling us about, you know, that was a closing technique because you'd go on the test drive, you'd come back, you'd talk numbers, and then you'd reach in the bottom file cabinet drawer and pull out a little, you know, pint bottle, and pour so, a couple of Dixie and so, cups. You know, let's toast to your new vehicle. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. The search is over. Let's wrap it up. Of course, inevitably, the people say, all right, I, I could use the, I don't get the drink unless we agree, right? right? Okay, yeah, I'll have the drink. They grab the glass, which means, you <laughs> know, agree. if I'm going to toast, that means I'm toasting in agreement. Absolutely. Right. But I, I think that is, uh, we don't often stop and recognize the emotional state of the person that we're dealing with, or think about ways that we could potentially impact that emotional state. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that, you know, there, I've heard that in several ways. Um, someone told me once that, you know, the human brain is the way it works. You cannot hold a positive thought in your head at the same time as a negative thought that just the brain doesn't work that way. Right. Either you, you're thinking negative or you're thinking positively. So, you know, they said there are little tricks about this, like, you know, I mean, it's common sense, but you ask about someone's family. You right. know, how are the kids doing? You know, how's softball going? Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Well, now they're thinking about the kids and softball. Now, now, that can either put some people in a good mood or a bad mood, thinking about, you know, right. the hectic schedules of schooling and practice yeah. and homework. There's another uh, research study that they did where <clears throat> uh, people were calling, asking for a donation. Mm -hmm. And they found uh, a greater number of success, and I think it was in the 30% range, um, if they started the conversation by asking, uh, how are you today? Yeah. And the close rate went down dramatically when they said, rather than how are you today, I hope you're doing well today, yeah. and then moved on. I like it. By asking the question, how are you today, and waiting for some type of response, it... 
make people think and decide, is it a good day or bad day? Well, and you just provided a, a higher level of response. And I think, you know, most people want to speak affirmatively or maybe if they didn't, they at least, you know, kind of got it out and were able to move beyond. I, I, I don't know. It, it's inconclusive, John. <laughs> Phrases like, uh, I hope I caught you in a good mood. Right. Well, that's your internal, what you're hoping, right? What you need to do is project it onto them as hey, to... Uh, sir, I'm calling you about those figures you requested. Hey, I hope you're in a good mood. Because right, yeah. <laughs> this is going to crack you up. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to suck. <laughs> but no, I've, I've read that in typing emails and promotional materials, is like scripting and stuff like that. Is, yeah. You know, you don't ask... Uh, or, or the, the, the response rate is different between saying things like, I hope this email finds you well, or you right. know, I hope that you're having a great day, I hope you're enjoying this week, whatever, versus let me apologize for interrupting you, or you know, all right. this kind of stuff. You start off on a negative. Right. I'm apologizing for something. Obviously, I've done something wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what are the key indicators as to somebody's emotional state? Well, I... Body language, right. tone, cadence, nonverbal cues. Yeah, okay. Right? Uh, it's not the words because we're taught we should speak in a positive way, but we have to be perceptive. And the more conscious you are of that perceptivity, the more likely you are to catch those cues, whether it's posture, uh, you know, body language, tone, cadence, volume, inflection. I mean, all of those type things. And there is that mirroring element, right? So we're somebody's going to more likely than not mirror the other person. Right. And it's usually the person who has a higher degree of emotion in what they're expressing is more likely to be mirrored. So if somebody has a higher degree of being upset and the other person is you know, more likely to mirror that than the converse. All right, so the more animated or energetic someone expresses themselves, the more likely they are to get the other person to right. fall into mirroring them. Okay. So, yeah, so we need to be, you know, very excited about what we're presenting. Right. And he does qualify that with uh, it, it needs to be genuine. Right, yeah. Can't be cheesy over the top. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I think that's an art that, you know, we can teach the phrases, we can teach the words, we can teach the steps and the process. Right. But where people really elevate their game, I believe, is in that perception part of it. Yeah. When you start understanding why your prospect is saying the things they are saying or behaving the way they're behaving, you know, when you start seeking for those answers, uh, that's, yeah, that's when you become... A grade above your right. average salesperson. Right. When you can read and reflect a positive attitude, help gain somebody's emotional buy-in to what you're saying, you are going to find more success. And that's why one of the things when I'm training, you know, and we're talking about whether it's you know performance, economy, safety, uh, durability, whatever the the area. I said in all of those predominant areas that you're going to discuss in the consideration of this purchase, have two or three on each area that you can be excited about, that you genuinely find value and, you know, 
excites you in, in that product that you can share. So once I pinpoint if safety is your primary concern as a customer, hey, let me show you two or three things about this vehicle that really, I think, set this one apart in its safety rating. Yeah, and the key there being not to go on about what personally excites you. Right. It's about what excites the right. client. That's why if you take all those areas and you find at least two things in each area, yeah. even one thing, yeah. is you can really say, you know what, this is what I think is really cool about this one, then you can have that genuine level of excitement. You can raise the, uh, what would you call it, the intensity of mm -hmm. your excitement, the intensity of your emotion around that thing, and more likely to get the customer to draw in and mirror your excitement. That's so funny. I'm just rolling through the Rolodex of ways in which I did that early in my career is, you know, the, the Ford Freestyle came out and the Ford 500. Uh, well, the Freestyle was a, really a Volvo product that, you know, Ford had recently bought Volvo. Right. So they're using some of those components. Well, one of the things they put out in the promotional material is theater seating. So they said one of the things that makes people not like to ride in the back seat is you're sitting at the same level as the people in front of you. So you're looking at the back of their headrest and you're, it kind of makes you car sick. Right. Because right? you can only see sideways right. and stuff's just flying by. You're enclosed. Yeah. So yeah. They, they made the, the second row seat about four inches higher than the first row seat. And then you could see over the person. And out the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then the third row was a little bit higher. But then the, uh, the other thing they did is so they could put three rows of seats in there is they wanted to tighten up the uh, length of the vehicle. So they lifted the bottom of the driver and passenger seat of the first row of seats so you could fit your feet under there and then scoot at the second row up closer to it. So your feet are kind of tucked up under the front of the seat in front of you. But you felt like you had room. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you weren't, didn't anyway, have your knees so, up in your chest. Yeah, little things like that. Or, or you know, that's a comfort thing. That's uh, yeah. makes you enjoy riding in that car. But then crumple zones on the hood. Have you ever seen these or demonstrated these where, you know, you can pop a hood. Most cars nowadays, they have a little divot right. along the right and left sides of the hood okay a little divot so that when you're in a front-end collision that hood's gonna bend right there oh they had uh, i think it was the same freestyle the way they put the motor mount right up front was on top on top of the motor and they said in a front-end collision this will force the motor to roll under the vehicle and instead of through the driver compartment right right, right. little things like that like you're saying just one or two little things like that that you know hit, fall into these categories of safety or comfort or performance, performance, yeah, uh, durability, economy, right? Um, yeah, so, interesting. I, I totally buy into that principle. I yeah. believe it one hundred percent. Yeah, and and the key is recognizing the emotional state, right? Not just their words. Oh yeah, everything's great, but and and we do that naturally, right? I mean, you know, kids learn at an early age. You know, if I am bringing home bad news, let's say I got a bad grade, right? And I've got to tell my parents about my bad grade. I, I am just have that natural intuition as to if mom and dad seem like they're in a bad mood, I probably want to wait until they're in a better mood before I present this to them, right? Because they're going to be more agreeable. Um, another interesting thing was they said, you know, uh, even in court, judges 
they have shown research that if the judge is in a bad mood, the likelihood of giving a positive verdict goes down like 70%. So send your uh, prospective judge some lunch right before you... Oh, yeah, do something, right? I mean, yeah. Anonymous pizza. Yeah. Peanuts and RC Cola. (laughs) That cheers everyone up. Of course. I'm sitting here looking, you know, after I Googled this, it's got images up of peanuts in a soda. And uh, it's kind of making me crave one. That just doesn't even sound appetizing to me. Well, apparently the salt mixes with the sweetness. and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I am i don't drink a lot of soda, John. I know that. What do you have over there? Some kind of beet water? Uh, it's actually regular spring water, good living spring water with my uh, Vital Reds. That's what I put in there. Vital Reds. This yeah. is mostly beets, right? No, nah, it's got a lot of berries in it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Strawberry, blackberry, blueberry. It's berry bonds. No. Berry uh, Ogletree. No. Berry uh, Gib. Berries that grow in the ground, John, is the primary component of my Vital Reds. It's good stuff. Looks like beets to me. Well, everything's beats to you. That's a saying from the early 19-teens. 19-teens? What is it? It's all beats to me. (laughs) I used to say that in... uh, They never said that. Yeah, a lot of times. No one ever said that, John. Yeah. You know, when they would be talking about something you don't really understand, people would say, ah, it's all beats to me. Oh, okay. Didn't happen. (laughs) They did a lot in Greece. It came from Greece. They would people Greek people would say it's all beats to me, right? And then the people in the states started saying it and spread worldwide. So to recap, we're saying use positive emotion to your advantage, right? Help get your customer in a positive mood. Be aware of the mood that they're in. Another way to do that is. You know, if you are picking up cues that there's something wrong, stop and ask. Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Something going on? Are you doing all right? I would would do that with some tact. Right. You don't look at the person and go, is everything okay? What the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm getting real excited about this stuff, and you're just not playing along. Well, no, I think, yeah, you could say... uh, Hey, buddy, what's your problem? Am I explaining this correctly? Is this making sense? Is this something you find valuable, or should we move on? Right. Well, again, in The Science of Selling, David Hoffeld says, by stopping and asking, it makes them aware of their emotional state, and they're going to then want to overcome. It's something that people, it's not perceived by the person in the bad emotional state. Resting bee face, right? (laughs) They don't realize that they have this sour look on their face. Yeah. (laughs) Now, for some people, John, Mm -hmm. that's just the way they look. (laughs) Not a true indicator. (laughs) Right. Right. But, uh, yes. So, yes, be cognizant of the emotional state of the person that you're with. Be excited. Show a positive emotional state hoping to get mirroring out of the customer where they will begin to fall into your emotional state rather than you falling into their emotional state. And if it doesn't seem to be working, take time to ask, hey, is everything okay? 
right? Because that brings them out of that subconscious where they're not even aware that they're in a negative mindset and allows them to take a mental inventory very quickly and typically will change their emotional state just at their awareness. Right. And we can't do that. We can't do that process unless you are... Uh, you know, being empathetic and trying to understand your customer's state of mind. Right. You right. know, if you're not reading those little cues, right, then, then that's the first thing to work on. Is yeah. Trying to, you know, Absolutely. Learn Absolutely. You you have to make yourself aware and be conscious yeah. of. Which I think normally it's pretty obvious that this presentation isn't going so well, <laughs> right? Right, but you know, I think consciously at least, I, I think it's best addressed at the very early stages. Yeah. If you've waited until you're halfway through your presentation and now I'm going to address the fact that you don't seem to be in a good mental state, we're less likely to overcome all that you've presented when they were already in a negative state and not receptive to what you've been providing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, Ray, I think uh, in doing my research here for the peanuts and a Coke, I ran across a, a peanut butter tea recipe. And I think we ought to go try this. Would you like some peanut butter tea? Does it have, uh, what's that uh, that peanut butter whiskey they've come out with? Oh, yeah. Does it have that in it? It does not call for that. <laughs> okay. It calls for peanut butter and tea and sugar. You've had that That stuff. can't be bad. No, God. What's wrong with any of those things? <laughs> Maybe put a little couple of peanuts in there. Ah, top it off. A little protein. Yeah. Make it healthy. Put them on a skewer. It's like uh, Roseanne Barr, when she first started in comedy, she said she, she liked healthy snacks. She said she made trail mix. Mm -hmm. And she said her trail mix, you know, because she's trying to get on the healthy thing. It was uh, M&M's. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was, uh, was it? caramels. Yeah. And peanut M&M's. <laughs> so, you know, kind of make it, give it that healthy bent to it. Wonderful. All right. Well, Ray, thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We really appreciate you being here. We do appreciate it. We hope you'll listen again. to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.